All right. So it is episode 12. You sound very excited about that. No, I just I just blanked because I typed up Harry Potter um, <laughs> to Google just to, in, to just in anticipation of what we're talking about, uh, which is obviously Harry Potter, the first film to be exact. Yes. Um, and I typed up Harry Potter, and you know where the uh, people also ask section of Google comes up. Uh, is it? Is it? Is it? It's not too it's, raunchy it's just, for this probably, podcast, is it? Oh no, 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 no. Okay. Just I just want to read you the four options that it's given me, all right? Sure, let's do it. People also ask all I said was Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. People also ask, is Harry Potter for seven years old? For seven years old. Yes. <laughs> is Harry Potter a true story? That's what made me like. <laughs> um, that's what made me just sit there and be like, mm. what? Um Did Harry Potter loves Hermione? Loves um, did he loves Hermione? I want to make yeah. sure I heard you say that right. Okay. Yeah, and how can I watch Daniel Radcliffe in Harry Potter? Which is the uh, <laughs> is you know not the worst question there, but you know also he's in every single one of them. Yeah. What was the um? What was the one we came across in the Cartoon Network episode? It was um, what country does what does country Ralph come from or something like that. Uh, it was out of order. Uh, I'm sure that's in the episode. We have to just go listen back to it. Yeah, I was I was laughing my ass off. LOL. Lol. Lamau. Ruffle. Ruffle Mal. Ruffle Maluffle. Uh, yes. Ruffle I learned all of those watching Arby and the Chief. We only need to talk about Arby and the Chief one day, or like maybe a curation of episodes we like, because that shows that, that series has so many seasons now. But. That's not what we're talking about. In case you no. couldn't tell, we're talking about Joe's apartment. Yeah, uh, Joe's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Great film. Unironically, yeah. absolutely like that. So bad, it's good. Mm. Oh no, it was it was delightful. Like, uh, I, I it's all blurred into one thing, but I do remember while we were watching it, I thought this is quite fun. This is a this is a silly <laughs> movie. But, Based on three minutes short um, from MTV, mm, which is actually just the entire scene where he takes whatever her name was back to the apartment. I, see, I would have thought the short was just like him just discovering the cockroaches. No, yeah. in the short, he's pretty much like used to living with them and he doesn't even get angry when they drive her out of their unit. Um, mm, okay. He just kind of sits there and goes, uh, you, and they say, oh, there's plenty more fish in the sea. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And he drinks a beer and that's it. Yeah, this is my life now. Mm-hmm. His buds. But yeah, no. So we recently randomly watched the first Harry Potter film um, and said, let's just talk about it. Because why not? Yeah. I mean, it was either that or Joe's apartment and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I was going to be thankful that we happened to watch Harry Potter yesterday for no reason. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be getting a Joe's Apartment episode. <laughs> it was kind of an off-the-cuff thing, wasn't it? It was just kind of like, let's just watch something. It's, I don't Halloween. even remember. Yeah, Halloween's coming up. It's October. It's the 1st mm. of October for us. That's why we watched it. Yep. Uh, and there's horror elements, which we'll dive into. But we said, let's watch the first Harry Potter film. And we had a bet going. Um about uh what was it whether they go to the forbidden forest or not yeah which i won yeah then i had to listen to some crap jeremy mm. runner song yeah but yeah so it was pretty interesting to revisit it i hadn't seen it for a long time i don't know about you if you've been a fan of those movies or the books at all nope i like i'm i've always said the first one is the best one and that's definitely nostalgia not not because like watching this back has made me go this movie sucks but it's just because that's the first one i ever watched you know um yeah i i remember like the last time i probably watched it was on vhs i would have been about three or four because i remember i was still too scared to uh watch the part where he uh where voldemort comes out at the end yeah no i always uh remembered being freaked out by that scene where his like face is latched onto the back of another and also the scene that you forgot was in the movie and was the whole bit that i mentioned before which was the uh when he's sucking the blood of a unicorn so oh that's that's lovely to see in this family for kids 
wonderful fantasy wizarding film. Makes you sit mm. there and wonder, like, well, I, one thing I was wondering about that part, not sorry, it doesn't make me sit there and wonder, but did, is that, if that's Voldemort, right, is that then the teacher that he's, is that the teacher also there, or is Voldemort somehow in his own body there? Because I thought they said later on that he's not strong enough to live on his own without a host. Yeah, I I assume that that's the I think that's the teacher because he like flies off, and the teacher does something similar um, when he like when he jumps catches Harry. yeah. Okay, yeah, that never was okay. Yeah. Right. Um. Hmm. Yeah, when I talked about before the whole kind of horrific angle, I sort of said it jokingly, like I think it's totally fine. Like you will, you know, to have sort of scarier, more frightening things for children in children's based sort of films. Um, but it is, it is strange. I don't think you would see that anything quite like that today. Like it was still kind of when we were watching, I was like, oh, that's disgusting. PG doesn't really mean anything anymore, and even that movie is pretty probably considerably weak compared to like the PG stuff they had in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, which is an interesting segue because the one people go to um, is Gremlins, which was sort of, I don't know what it was rated here in Australia, but that started the M equivalent in America. The PG-13 is kind of our M here. Um, Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty intense because it's like you see a gremlin getting blended to death and like blood and guts going everywhere. (laughs) Um, There's also a great joke that you would like. I think it's one of the characters says... In Chris, like Christmas has the highest, like period of suicide rates or something. And she goes, some people are opening up their presents while others are opening up their wrists, which would you wouldn't expect. Yeah, you wouldn't expect to hear in a kid's Christmas. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's Hmm. heavy, man. That's. I mean, I do. I mean, I I do enjoy that kind of humor. Like, I can't pretend I don't. But yeah, that's surprising to hear in a film. Because, you know, like, you'd say that to somebody, like, online these <laughs> days, and you'd get, I don't know, people do whatever the equivalent of booing is. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you'd get downvoted on Reddit, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, and I said it's an interesting sort of thing to bring up because that film, I don't know if the final, oh, pardon me, version as as it was kind of uh, filmed, is the same, but the director of this movie, of Harry Potter, was the screenwriter of Gremlins. So I'm wondering yeah. if that was like one of his... You said that. Mm. Dark humor things. Did he direct the other ones? So so he... So Chris Columbus is his name. He directed the first two, I believe. And I remember hearing an interview a long time ago on This Is The Thing or something like that. It's Alec Baldwin... Uh, radio show podcast he does uh-huh. where basically he his job as a filmmaker he said he kind of knew in advance that it's going to get a lot progressively darker so he had to kind of set the stage and have oh it's a fun light-hearted you know childhood discovery growing up type thing but you got to set the stage for more darker elements um because it, it does sort of become more mature as the film's or as the whole series progresses. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting because you can kind of see that popping up here and there. So you rank it as your favorite. That's quite interesting to me. Or do you, uh, you, you said um, that you feel that might've been nostalgia though. I don't know. I, I honestly, now that I've seen it again, I go, ah, oh, not as magical watching it the second time around. Hmm. Um, maybe the second one might, might be able to transition and become my favorite. Yeah, that one. That one, I would say more so than the first one, really freaked me out. Um, because that's got the giant basilisk, sort of the snake creature. Uh, and I was just always a little. Un- I found it. I was always sort of unhinged a bit with the um, the kind of voice, whisper voice they'd give the snake, and just some of the gross things it did. Or like the whole concept of being frozen in time, when you like, or pe- yeah, petrified when you see its eyes. It's like, oh, that's spooky. Yeah, that's fair enough. Mm. Um, 
I, I thought I I always remember that being the second one, but it is Harry Potter and the Chamber of the Secrets is the second one. Yep, yep. And Prisoner uh, Prisoner of the As of Azkaban is the one where he like the rat, the pedophile turns out to be. Mm. Yeah. Rat. You you can't tell me that man isn't a pedophile man. He was hanging out with the kid as a rat for years, literal years. Y yeah. So that's one of the that's one of the beauties of uh, watching the earlier ones with regard to the later. So what? Kai, you were referring to, of course, is uh, Ron's Scabbers. rap. Yeah, Scabbers. Scabbers. I think Skibbers. Scabbers, mm. something like that. He's uh, a chap called Peter Pettigrew, and he can transform into the rat, and he's been in hiding pretty much because he sort of aligned with Voldemort and all that. Um, and it was funny watching this film because <laughs> there's a scene on the train when we first have Ron and kind of Harry meet, and it's nice and wholesome, but you see the rat, rat right on, its, on Ron's crotch. It's like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that one. Unless, unless I guess, like you could say, maybe that there was a point where he killed the rat and then took its place. Yeah, but I doubt that they would. I doubt that that's the case or that. Nah, I it was. They explicitly stay. They explicitly say in the third one, so Askaban, that he's been in the family for twelve years. <laughs> so it's definitely, definitely, it's definitely him just sleeping in this little boy's bed with him and sitting on his crotch. That's actually genuinely disturbing. Hmm. Um, not in the way that they intended it to be either. Well, that's kind of, um, I guess that's sort of, yeah, when you, when you write these, it's sort of, it's a bit worse than what the example I'm going to bring up, but it's kind of like when you write these big franchises and, or stories rather, um, and you kind of think of these last minute things like, oh, what if X and Y happened? And it kind of, there's weird connotations around that. So like with Star Wars, for example, you know, with Leia and um, Luke being siblings, it's a bit sort of strange given that he had the hots for her in the first one and they sort of make out briefly in the second. And I know, you know, at that point they don't know that they're siblings, but then it's really strange in retrospect when that's revealed in the third film. <laughs> it is very odd. Uh, and the same thing, same things here, but you know, it's a little more kind of. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 how I felt as well watching it. I just thought, man, this is this is something else, not uh, in a good way. But I mean, the movie itself is good. Yeah, it, it holds up remarkably well, and even um, I was curious to see the Quidditch sequence, so flying on the brooms, uh, and that was pretty good still yeah i mean like aside from the fact that for some reason you're just allowed to fucking physically assault the other players mm. oh i reason. i meant sort of like technically it kind of looked believable yeah but... cgi wise it looked mm. fine yeah, no, yeah the... like as far as being a soundly uh ruled mm. and umpired game i don't know man i think slytherin was fucking paying off that ref whoever the referee was because they specifically yeah. attacked two people <laughs> <laughs> Two other children in the game. Well, I mean, it gets I mean, that's even the thing about Hogwarts is like you know they kind of just don't really give a shit too much, do they? They, they it's meant to be a dangerous mm. place. Yeah, well, I mean, like the third one's a really good example of that because basically, when they realize Sirius Black, you know, at this point he's a wanted man, he's escaped Azkaban, the prison, uh, is in the castle. They're like, oh, well, I guess we'll just let those ghoul dementor things come around the children, and you know. Attack them here and there, whatever. They're trying to find this bad guy. We won't do anything. To the point that they, they interfere in the game and nearly kill Harry. Like, while he's in the room in a fucking thunderstorm. And they and no other wizard, they're all just watching. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Dumbledore's like the only one who's like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna stand up here and like use a spell to save him before he falls to his death. Yeah, I need him to die mm. a little bit later. Yeah, three more films. Dumbledore's a sussy bucker. He is. I but, mean, he's just a. I mean, he. I mean, he's a shapeshifter too. It's not even mm. the same Dumbledore. Oh, true. Yes. <laughs> That's a very sensitive joke. Um, yeah. A wonderful performance in this movie, I must say. This movie, like, I think honestly, the best stuff in this movie is not even like the the plot. It's actually just. The, the the feeling of the movie and just the sets and the hmm. the uh the designs and yeah well everything this that actually makes it feel magical for lack of a better word i yeah. guess 
Well, it's it's sort of experiencing the world for the first time, the school, and yeah, there is sort of a plot loosely there. Um, the mystery of like, well, it's not really defined, is it? They don't. It's interesting. It's not really a classical story in the sense of like we got to go from A to B. This is my journey. He does that in the in the first thirty minutes. Mm. He goes from his crappy shit life to Hogwarts, and then it's a sort of a mystery thing. Yeah, it's kind uh, of like a mix of changes to a different style of story completely in a way. Yeah, and even then, it's sort of like a slice of life type thing. Like here's just what happens at this school. Um. Like the other ones are a bit more conventional, where there's kind of a clear, clearish thing happening. Yeah, especially from the fourth one onwards, um, when like Voldemort comes back fully, because then it's kind of a bit clearer. Yeah. Also, I don't see whether, in my opinion, it starts to dip in quality. Um, Yeah, I I think like the last half of them were all filmed by the same guy. but yeah, no, the, uh, Azkaban's probably my favorite. It's a great little film. Yeah, I, I, it, it probably, it probably follows suit with the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, where it's like first three, pretty fantastic. Um, makes you wonder though. You know how we always say in trilogies, like a a good trilogy tends to be first movie good, mm-hmm. second movie better, um, third movie somewhat possible but then you get these films that go beyond trilogies and it's usually then first movie good second movie good third movie good everything else not really good isn't that interesting that like i wonder if that's just because the ones after the third ones um are so low in quality compared to the first three that like the first the third one is no longer even bad it's just like well at least it's not Mm. this do you think maybe um because the the third one does have a big big plot issue of the whole like going back in time uh locket that hermione has which kind of pretty much would fuck every single time yeah we were we were um i'm pretty sure she only gets it in the third one though i think but even still it's like it's time travel you can mm. use it anytime yeah so it's no, a <laughs> that's sort of a bit of a I don't know how that's explained in the books if it is at all. Um, but whenever you introduce time travel elements, it's kind of like I don't know. You're really asking for trouble, um, unless it's like the central focus of the story, like a Back to the Future or a predestination type of film. Um, trying to avoid it because you're just kind mm-hmm. of ruin what's come before. I mean, I'd, I'd even say that. Uh, Endgame kind of falls into that. I know they try to uh, get around it with uh, you sort of splinter and create a new timeline for yourself, but still it's kind of, mm, I don't know. You, like in that one, it's more what, like they go, oh, we got to go back in time to these six different locations and years, but there there are probably better places to, to choose where like all of, all of them, almost all of them are on the glove. You know what I mean? Yeah, who knows? Who who knows? I, I hmm. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that whole shebang, unless you know we really wanted to boost our ratings, and then I would just say some outrageous shit like, hmm. uh, <laughs> something that's just completely not true about the film, and just get a bunch of people to, you know, debate. Them. Nah, uh, but that's not how I'd like to approach. If we ever do manage to get an audience acquiring said audience. Yeah, it, you you can only be like the shock drop controversial person for so long before you kind of become like just obnoxious or like that's all your persona is. And so then you can't really have a genuine relationship or express genuine views about something you really like you, if you're always seen as the contrarian type, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there's, I won't name names here, but there's definitely some YouTubers who have kind of gone into that sphere a bit where whenever something more mainstream comes out, you know, the expectation is that they will just sort of hate on it regardless, um, or maybe to an unjustifiable extent. Yeah. And and I'm just not interested sort of in watching them anymore because I know their take and it's like, ah, oh, this is so tiresome. Like, it may also just be because when you're reviewing something 
um, this is sort of something I came across by a film critic, actually. Um, so this is, I guess, a legit thing. Normally, what what he said to me and what he'd learnt is, um, you don't want to just sort of say, "Oh, this f- film was average." You have to be very emotive about if you liked something, well, you really liked it, or if you hated or didn't like something, you really hated it. So, I yeah, some people can uh, kind of fall into that contrarian trap where they have to just sort of hate everything, and that's what they're known for. Um, and I guess to remain that's like a good reviewer, they they have to be yeah. like a hater at all. Yeah, yeah, I guess like some people they make the mistake. Um, I don't even know. I'm sort of uh, trailing off there. I don't even know what my point was. Oh yeah, it, going back to what you said. Yeah, like you don't want to kind of get fans through sort of negative, negative energy. You know, just ask Logan Paul how that's gone for him. Yeah, well, I mean, or his brother. Yeah, would you really be? I mean, you can kind of tell with um with Jake that he clearly isn't happy having that kind of that like growing that audience. That's why he's trying to become like a friggin' boxer, but yeah. nobody respects him enough to even like like he'll he'll win a fight. And I'm one of these people. I refuse to believe that Jake Paul has ever legitimately won any of those fights. I don't think. I think he he has. You think really, the, thi- he the fix is in? I don't think. Yeah, of course he's he's a mm. millionaire already, and he and you know the evidence is all there. Why wouldn't they? These people want to take the fall that he's fought in. Uh, mm. Fought, sorry, Jesus. Um, I don't know. To me, I just don't even want him to have. And I'll fully really admit this. I don't want him to have the um, the respect of somebody who is an actual real fighter, you know, like in my opinion, a real fighter. And this is what makes me think he's not one is that he, he doesn't have anything to, to, to gain, you know, he hasn't, he has nothing to really gain from being a fighter except for a bit of, you know, like I'm better than everybody else Mm. at this too. Like he's already a millionaire. So it's not like he's coming from a tough place. Yeah. Do do you think though that it's, do you think there's something genuine on his part, whether obviously uh, he, he's a legitimate fighter or not as far as winning them? Do you think there might be... Um, I'm more posing a question. I don't have an opinion really one way or the other, but do you think there's the chance that it could be like he genuinely feels shitty for how he's kind of become popular and so this is sort of him hitting the reset button or trying well, to sort of better himself? he got caught out stealing uh, from places during the black Lives matter riots mm. um that's a definitive no he really gives a fuck about <laughs> anything he's yeah. a sociopath to be honest um wasn't there a, a famous tweet um from someone at his high school who's like was quoting you know his mum saying oh you know he's, he's just a bully tough. bullies don't get anywhere in life and then he goes my school bully and it's like a a picture of his net worth or something like that. Yeah. So no, 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 no. Um, it was Jake Paul saying, "Oh, uh, yeah, that was." It was a combination of that and also Jake Paul saying, "Ah, uh, when I was in high school, you know, I, I didn't have it that good and all this sort of fucking mm. X factor sub story nonsense." Yeah. And then like these people came out, they're like, "Jake Paul was my high school bully. He used to. He was. He was a, an asshole basically." And um. Yeah, that's basically Got what caught they out. were saying. Like, you know, they were like, "You, you literally grew up rich, Jake. You were never out of money. You were never struggling. You don't know what what anything like that is like." And then you've, you know, forced your way into fame again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you kind of have the audacity to sort of speak from a place of uh, kind of being a role model for young males yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Which, if anybody is looks up to Jake Paul. I don't know what to tell you, man, but you are you should get some better ideals. <laughs> it's such an odd phenomenon, isn't it? Um the whole idea of like watching these really rich people essentially just flex on you day in, day out. I don't know about you, man, but I don't like watching rich people show off how much better they are than than me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I watch sure. that I'm like 
fuck you, mate. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it's not even um, it's not an exclusive like Gen Z, you know, YouTube millennial type thing. Because when you said that, I thought like instantly my mind went to like the Oscars. Like that's why I don't watch them anymore because that's literally pretty much all they do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a very elitist sphere. I mean, there's the infamous story. I think was it this one or last Oscars where there's a film up for nomination about homelessness, and then they kick out all the homeless people and squatters outside the theater so they could have their red carpet. Like, oh, no self awareness, no self awareness. Yeah, and you know the only good one out of all of them is buddy Ricky Gervais at his Golden Globe mm. speeches the past few years, especially the the the, the twenty twenty one that he did where he was like. He he was sick of them, and he pretty much told them all how much he bloody hated them. And he said, "Yeah, you're all out of touch. You know, you sit up here and tell other regular people how to live." And he's like, "You've got no fucking idea." And he was just going off at them. That was the most. Like, I don't know. I I liked Ricky Gervais before that, but after I saw him give that speech, I was like, "Damn, this guy is kind of like the coolest celebrity in Hollywood." <laughs> And he he called out, it was it's Bird Box, I think. He says, um, Bird Box is up for nomination this year. It's a movie about putting on a blindfold and pretending the monsters aren't there, kind of like working for Harvey Weinstein. Mm. And they all start booing him and he interrupts him and he goes, don't boo me. I didn't do it. You did. He's your friend or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> and they immediately kind of like try to laugh to play it off or just go quiet for the most part. Mm. Well, that's... Uh, that's a good one. Um, I won't name a very famous person who's quite a, I guess, women's advocate type thing, Me Too type advocate thing. Um, it's interesting how you can find footage of this person like clapping and giving standing ovations and speaking very highly of like Weinstein during the period where he was alleged to engage in uh, impropriety, shall we say. You know what I mean? Like these people are just so two-faced. And like nothing they say really hits the mark or should be taken like seriously. Gal Gadot with the, mm. um, what was it? John Lennon and Imagine <laughs> when the coronavirus first started. Or Madonna. Have you seen Madonna's video um, where she's sitting in her golden friggin' bathtub with rose petals? Mm. And she's like, none of us are better than anybody now. We're all on an even playing field now. This virus oh, is. Oh, no. And I'm like, <sighs> shut the fuck up, cunt. You could go to like six rooms in your mansion a day and still like find a new fucking thing in the corner every single, every fucking day, you bitch. Don't tell mm. me that we're on the. Shut your fucking mouth. Uh, I, nothing revs me up more, or almost nothing revs me up more than, than people like that saying things like that. It, oh. Yeah. It, it just goes back to that point about flowing, flexing on with wealth and things. Um, like that's such a good example. It. Yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe people I guess you and I just aren't wired the way others are, but I guess people just sort of see that stuff and think, Oh goodness, that's sort of my aspiration to be wealthy and have all this money, this fame, these women or guys, you know, depending on preference type thing. Um and they see that with like the Paul brothers, for example, and their new houses. Uh it's like nah, don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love to have enough money to live comfortably on um, mm. and not have to be anybody's bitch for my entire life. Yeah. But but that's not the people to look up to. Like, I think what a lot of... They haven't, they haven't strived for it, most no, of them anyways. No. Well, it's not, a hel- it's not a healthy lifestyle. Like, you know, you might think, oh, these parties and, oh, you're in LA or whatever, but it's like, it's very materialistic and I feel like it's not a substitute for, like, genuine accomplishment or like feeling good or happy you know what i mean yeah we're getting a bit philo- uh, philosophical but yeah for the philosopher's stone hey there we go got him back got him y'all didn't know we were still talking about harry potter but we are <laughs> there we go we are the whole time but speaking of the philosopher's stone i think um something that was interesting so we when we were watching this there's kind of a couple people on a sort of discord call um and whenever uh, Emma Watson spoke, like Hermione, she she came across as a massive brat in this film, and you'd always and like a big know-it-all, and you'd always say, "Shut up, Hermione, we don't care." Like, <laughs> yes, she's she's like written for people to be like, "Yeah, we mm. hate you. You're annoying." 
Yeah. And I bring that up because what was interesting to me is, you know, even though we're kind of joking, like if this film came out or like, let's say Twitter existed back then, I feel like she would have been bullied to shit. Yeah. By a bunch of like Mm. angry, like old or like teenage guys. I mean, it's not out of the realm because remember when, um, that young girl beat a high tier smash player. Mm. Um, and she got bullied off the internet by a bunch like the Smash community because she beat him. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know the story. Which is but weird. I mean, I'm like... surprised they didn't try and molest her. To be honest, <laughs> they they were disappointed because she misinterpreted because, their question yeah. when they said, "Do you want to smash?" <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, um, like. Yeah, I feel like there definitely, like there definitely would have been some bullying, uh, and you'd have of to her, wonder, yeah, girl, like, just like of her um, or even even the the leads, like or any number of characters would pop up. So it's kind of interesting that it came out at the right time where they wouldn't have to deal with that sort of stuff, um, and you know would continue through with the whole. I don't know. It's just something that kind of struck me. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess like there has been stuff like Jake Lloyd in the past for Phantom Menace. Which was kind of slack. Uh, Anakin. Mm. I mean. Yeah, the young Anakin. Um, that's just that's just terrific because it's like he's a little kid for starters. Um, yeah, there's been countless kids in in film mm. like history that have just been absolutely like horrendous actors, but they're kids, man. Like, yeah. What do you expect? What about the even in Star Wars Episode Three, Master Skywalker? There are too many of them. Mm. Like. <laughs> You don't think they ever, like, do you think they even asked that kid, like, hey, do you want to do the line again? But who cares? Yeah. Like, it's kind of funny anyways. Like, sure, mm. you know, it, t- it takes away from, like, the kind of the gravity of the situation and stuff. But, like, I watched that. I'm like, oh, I love this kid. He's so <laughs> funny. Like, he just says it so, he just speaks so inhumanly, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, he probably was just told that's the line to say, like, he has no conception of like what the fuck he's referring to. Himself. Yeah, he doesn't understand. Like George I mean, is not like you could tell the kid like, yeah, he's about to come mm. in and kill you. Yeah, because then <laughs> the kid would have been terrified. And... Yeah, well, he's not saying yes. Yeah, so you're part of this religious order that's being genocided by clone troopers. It's gonna be like what like, huh? the fuck? Is this gonna tell him to say the line? Okay, that's cool and all, George. But where's <laughs> my ice cream? <laughs> you know, his yeah. son has a cameo as um. One of those, one of those, he has like yeah. a, a other one, yeah. Mm, he's the one who, Bail Organa, uh, Jimmy Smith's the the guy who goes to the temple and it's like, there's been a rebellion, sir. You have to leave. Um, <laughs> like that Jedi that goes and saves him before the clones shoot him, that's one of George Lucas's that's, kids. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Davin telling me that because we watched it a while ago. Yeah. Nothing, nothing says fatherly love like being cast in your dad's movie and your role is pretty much to die <laughs> although apparently he was really keen to get killed like i think his name's jet he really wanted to he's like oh so cool i get to save the day or like sacrifice myself so if he's happy with it you know whatever i mean yeah i'd be you know what i'd be happy being a bloody movie oh yeah cool. i mean bloody any movie Movie producers looking to hire somebody who doesn't know how to act or at least mm. never has tried. Um, Call them up, yeah. And then pay me millions of dollars so I can be the next Jake Paul, except not cringe. <laughs> um, but yeah, one thing um, in, in this movie that I, I did... Um, I did like it is just... Just how good talking about character actors how good or children actors sorry how good they were in their roles um how old were they in this movie oh they they'd have to be they were probably close to the characters ages i think they'd be 12 13 2001 it came out i think Um, emma watson's in her late 20s i don't think she's quite 30 yet oh no maybe she has to be Based off us, I think. Yeah, so Radcliffe was born in 1989, so that would make him 12, yeah? Yeah, so, so it's like the one time where they're pretty much almost bang on with, like, the character ages themselves. Wouldn't... No, I don't think so, because wouldn't 
is wouldn't Harry Potter be the equivalent of them being like in in kindy or year one? No, 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 no. It's more um, it's more high school because there's only six years. Oh. I think. Well, that's right. my understanding. Right. Yeah, I never even thought about that. No, oh, there you go. Well, at least for this mm. movie, they were in the right age bracket. <laughs> and the, then the one, the one time you ever see like a film in a school situation where they actually match their age. Years old and like buff as fuck for no reason. <laughs> um, but no, they were all pretty. They're all pretty good in this. Um, no, no. Yeah, no issues for me. And of course, like Alan Rickman's great. Uh, rest in peace, of course. Um, this is mm. the funnest voice to impersonate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we were surprised, of course. Like, we knew there's obviously a lot of British talent in this film and other films, like Warwick Davis is here. Gary Oldman does appear two films down the line. Um, but you pointed out that uh, John Cleese was one of the ghosts. Yeah, I didn't realize that as a kid. Because mm. I mean, I guess I wasn't really, you know, aware of who actors were. Yeah. Sometimes, like, I'd see the same actor in a different movie. I'd be like, "What's what's what's Batman doing in this in this in this other movie?" Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was stupid as a child, like unbelievably stupid. Yeah, but John Cleese is the uh, the half nearly headless, nearly Nick. headless Nick. Yeah. That that is another example of like Hermione being annoying, where she goes. How can you be nearly headless? It's like fuck. Shut, shut up. Yeah, shut up, bitch. You just get the Dwayne the Rock Johnson clip. Yeah, shut up, bitch. <laughs> Damn. Are Fool. we the people that we just made fun of for bullying a uh, small child? Oh Perhaps. no, I, maybe. But I mean, like they would, they would like go. Oh, she's a horrible. Like they would take it up with the actress. You know what I mean? Like we're sticking to the character. Like it's just a bratty yeah, character. That's, that's probably what I should, how I should have explained. He does get it. a lot better in the um, mm. in the other uh, in the other movies from my memory, anyways. Yeah. Ginny sucks. Why does why does Harry mm. Potter get married to Ginny in the end? Don't know. Um, so stupid. It is. It is odd. Uh, or who knows? Don't know. I mean, it, it's Hashtag, I side with Hermione. Hermione Potter gang, let's go. Let's start a revolution. Mm. Let's get mm. in my in my film. Harry Potter and Hermione get married. Hashtag released. Mm. <laughs> you have to cut out that part. Said, <laughs> "Whoops." <laughs> we we do a little we do a little doxing. <laughs> Whoops. I mean, I I I could put a little. Maybe that might be funny. I'll, I'll listen back yeah. and see. I think that I think that would be really funny. <laughs> oh boy! Um, Release the <laughs> cut. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh no! Uh, no. What? What would the Zack Snyder version of um of uh, mm. Harry Potter be like? In my universe, Sirius gets raped in prison. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. <laughs> It would just be dark and depressing, and he wouldn't care for any of the characters, and there'd be no there'd be no depth to them. He would have read like the grittiest part of one of the mm-hmm. books. And could you? Like, These are all like all the time. Could you imagine if he did the cinematography with the cameras he has that he did for uh, Army of the Dead, and you're watching a quick uh, sequence and nothing's in focus except the t- tip of the broomstick? We should review Army. Oh of the god. Dead. Uh, Bad. I mean, is is it worth? If no, for no other reason, just to like deconstruct it and see why it doesn't work as a film, like because I haven't seen it. Or we, could just, we could just make a, a video where we just list off every issue. Um, mm. We in could that film. Um, I mean, it would be a lot more uh, focused <laughs> than this video has been. That's for sure. Well, I mean, if we include footage of uh, the film itself, it wouldn't be. Gazingo. <laughs> but um, back to the film. I was, I was thinking on it after we watched it, and I do think that the end sort of dungeon sequence uh, where they're trying to find the stone um, is a bit silly, for lack of a better word. Um, well, it doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, like surely when it, when they go to the, a new trap room, I guess we'll call it a trap room, like it plays to each character's strength rather than their weakness, which doesn't make sense to me. 
Like, oh, you're going to have to fly your broom and catch this key. Too bad you're very skilled at doing that. <laughs> Too bad you're the youngest seeker in a century. Mm. Idiot. And then there's sort of like a false sense of uh, danger with the whole chess scene. I think you also pointed this out as well. Like, basically, for whatever reason, Ron decides to just sit on one of the night horses when he doesn't have yeah. to, to Isn't sacrifice. The only, the only reason the other two are mm. on the board to, to make up for other pieces. Yeah, to replace pieces. There's nothing. There's no reason he couldn't get off or even get on it in the first place. <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever. I guess something needs to happen. Um, <laughs> and also, the thing that doesn't make sense to me is how does Harry have it in his pocket? How does he have the Philosopher's Stone in his pocket from the mirror? Because because yeah, what, I don't know because that doesn't. That's, earlier is like, it's not real, Harry. You can't take anything out of the mirror. He says that, doesn't he? Almost exactly. Yeah, that. yeah. Like it's kind of you're then, projecting something. Yeah, your the desires. Way would be like Voldemort somehow planted it there mm. in, for the mirror, I guess. But then, why would he give it to Harry then? So no, like so that that's just so the mirror does work, or maybe Harry is so powerful, he's so powerful that he could actually make the mirror, um, like actually pull something out of the mirror. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like people would just say because magic again. There might be an issue where the book it's probably better explained. Maybe he actually finds it, or maybe he just has it all along and he doesn't know what it looks like. Um. But yeah, that was that whole yeah that even that part's kind of just a bit strange because not a whole lot of confrontation really happens. I think the se- the sequel, so the next one that follows, with the whole basilisk is a bit more interesting because you know he's full on being chased and he has to sort of use his wits to fight it. Um, and it's like a mm. it's a race against the clock to save Ginny from dying because I think her life force is being consumed by like a ghost Voldemort. Which sort of sounds silly, but I I think that's what's happening. Um, Whereas in this one, he's sort of just there. Uh, Quilch like strangles him briefly, and then Harry just touches his face, and <laughs> that's it. Yeah, he just burns him with the power of, with the mm. power of love. Yeah, something to it. I th- I think he must have touched the st- uh, whatever magic, because magic. It's quite incredible that this is a John Williams scored film and film franchise. You hear it the most in, um, in the Quidditch game. Um, in my opinion, it sounds very Star Wars, and in, uh, um, just sounds very Star Wars in that part. But for the rest of it, it's like, yeah, this is completely different from anything you've ever done. So I like it. But yeah. It's great. Um, I th- I think it comes down to the choice of instruments that he's using. I think. Because at that point when it sounds very Star Wars, I think it's those sort of horns uh, that he has for, like, the spaceship runs because it's a similar scene of, like, high, intense, yeah, flying sequence pretty much. Um, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. I, th- I still feel like the second probably has the best Quidditch sequence. So that's when it's Harry and Malfoy and it's got the um, cursed, yeah, the bludger, but it's, like, one that's been cursed. So it's, like, actually just going after Harry. Right. Yeah, like there's so much at play, um, and that's when he he also breaks his arm, and the stupid idiot, um, I think his name's Lockhart, something Lockhart. It's like, don't worry, Harry, I'll fix this. Uh, he's one of the professors. He's kind of like a um, isn't he the uh, the dark arts? Teacher yeah, he's the sham dark arts teacher. He fixes it. I remember being oh, quote unquote fixes it, and then whatever this whatever spell he used actually removes all the bones from his arm so yeah. harry's arm like fully yeah. bends back it's like oh that's sick or his hand does sorry um <laughs> yeah that but that's funny. that's probably the best like broom sequence that i can think of because i didn't really touch on the quidditch games after the third one um unless i thought well we've what, yeah. what else can we really show when it comes to friggin quidditch like, that's true that's true probably want to wrap it up there unless you want to add anything um i guess we can do a question but like if there's any more points on the the movie or anything discussed damn what would be a good 
point to make about this movie. Um, well, I guess there was like uh, you know we got Warwick Davis in it. He's mm. also um in uh Ma- in Mad Max Three Master Blaster. Yeah. Um, he's the Leprechaun. He's Wicket. Yep, that's right. Pro- probably, maybe uh, aside from Vern Troy, is that his name? Mini Me, the most famous midget of all time. I'd say I'd say Peter Dinklage is now up there. I mean, he's a lot more recent, but I think people that's would know true. his name. Not that's not on true. the scale of Warwick Davis, but that's such a unique name too, Warwick. Yeah, Warwick. There's a place in, um, you know, Warwick Farm. Mm-hmm. That's actually a little known fact about Australia. Warwick Farm is where they they farm midgets. <laughs> that's where he was born, believe it or not. Damn. Do you know, um, speaking of little people, you know the uh, Lollipop Guild actors from um, Wizard of Wizard Oz? Of you know, they made less money on that film than the dog. <laughs> Damn, bro. That's yeah. a- dog got more money than the, uh, than the actors. The dog, the dog can't even fucking use the money, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it would probably, probably go to its owner and trainer, but I, I thought that was quite um, funny. Oh, uh, that is that is funny. Like, imagine. Oh, no wonder they tried to fucking constantly sexually harass Judy Garland. <laughs> they didn't care if they lost the, the money. That's sad. That is sad. Did you know about that? That they um, that they would pretty much daily get absolutely like smashed and just try their luck on Judy Garland. No. I didn't. <laughs> That's actually a real thing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the, the more the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> yeah, war never changes. Mm. Hollywood never changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like I mean it was funny because I was watching um it might have even been Razor Fist, actually. I can't remember who, but someone was streaming L.A. Noir around the time of the Weinstein allegations were coming out. Yeah, it would have been Razor Fist. Yeah, and the the case they were doing involved a young underage girl getting molested by a Hollywood executive. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? Fuck. I, you know what? I, I like, I don't agree with a lot of um his, his opinions on things sometimes, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think he's... He's extremely intelligent. I'll give him that. He is, in my opinion, very, very smart. He, um, he's very articulate, very good presenter. Um, yeah. And he he's, knows a lot of stuff about like what he's interested in, whether it's politics or music, comics, comics yeah. Artists. Um, I didn't even know that until yeah, recently. I think he's even written his own book. I think he wrote a book recently. I don't know if he released it under his actual name or another pen name or something but like i'm like i'm impressed yeah he's a he's a pretty cool dude he's played in bands as well Mm. um he he actually said in because he did he's done a few videos about the turtles um lately i was watching a live stream of him playing um that batman vengeance game for the gamecube yep um which was frustrating He, he he was getting lost constantly yeah he gets with um he gets too distracted with his mate and the super chats that he misses stuff um, yeah yeah he misses like context clues and stuff yeah i mean you know it's a fucking gamecube game i don't think it's really that important but mm. it's just because i've i've played it and i'm like get to the next part get to the next part but um he actually stated that he sent in a story that he drew up for the ninja turtles and oh. Kevin Eastman responded himself and was like, "Oh, if I was, oh, this is really cool. If I was um, still like fronting or like heading that that series and that comic, I would definitely have put this in, but mm. it wasn't at the time." And he said, "You know that that was just just as good as getting it written up, anyways, for him, which is nice." Mm. Now that's cool. Um... Yes, surprisingly multi-talented, I guess. Uh, from video editing, uh, analysis, politics. He's even interviewed the Jacksons. He interviewed Taj Jackson, uh, Michael Jackson's um, nephew. Well, he just uploaded a video today mm. where he interviewed um, Tim Owens, who sang for Judas Priest. Yeah. Um, 
yeah no he's a cool he's really cool mm. i just I, and i enjoy his content even like the longer form stuff i honestly sometimes if i'm not like being attentive i will just i will, I will lose track of what he's even talking about because he just he just talks so fast and his vocabulary is just like yeah no uh his his puns as well i can't even think of one at the moment oh yeah no like um so he was kind of um i think i came across of him across him because of like some of the reviews he did for metal gear games like a lot of people hated him because he he sort of said no this series is pretty subpar it's not as you know good as people think it is um yeah and he kind of was of the opinion that the first one was pretty much a blatant ripoff of escape from new york and he he made a comment saying now, before you, before you, um, and I'm butchering of this, of course. Before you reply, just remember, a Marge is spelt with an H and is silent, and just like that H, shut the fuck up, or something like that. <laughs> um, I I can't remember how it goes. I have yeah, to find it, but it's so little, funny. So he does is so fun. Like, oh, mm. no, there's no way that his stuff isn't scripted, but that doesn't take away from it. Yeah, no, he still like writes the shit. Um, yeah, yeah, of course he does. Yeah, I, I don't know when people say like, "Oh, he's not talking off the cuff; it's script." It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, what a what a, what, a, what an own. Yeah, you want to know what happens when we when you talk off the cuff? This, yeah, this, yeah, that's it. Got him. But yeah, I guess uh, to wrap it up, the question I guess to keep in line with Harry Potter: which character do you think is going to become gay next? <laughs> oh damn, dude! I I can tell you, I can tell you, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Mm. Uh, but I can tell you one thing I know is that none of them will ever be transgender. Oof. <laughs> JK trolling, more like. Mm. Mm. All right, well, I'm not Razor Fist. God, fucking speed. <laughs> <laughs>